Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sarah Blakemore. Coming up on the Gifted Life today. We'll be talking to a local employee who's inspired by this podcast to create her own in order to help others affected by congenital heart defects. And we're going to talk about how to use self-doubt as an advantage. All that and more right here, thegiftedlife.org. All right, here on The Gifted Life, we are so happy to have Miss Lana Stevens live in the studio. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> We've been knowing Lana here at Lopa. Well, you, Joey, forever. For long. Yeah. We go way back. Actually, uh, 19 years. We classed it 2002. <laughs> uh, she, myself, and a couple others that are still here, knock on wood. Uh, and uh, and I, I can remember when I first met Lana, uh, I knew she had to be something in community because... <laughs> So that's a loud New Orleans accent <laughs> yeah. back there. Well, what's your excuse, Mr. <laughs> Clinical? I'm Cajun. <laughs> My excuse is being Cajun. <laughs> so welcome aboard. Oh, Lana, Lana is our community educator and volunteer specialist. Like I said, she's been doing, for the most part, doing that uh, for 19 years for Lopa. So uh, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. All right. So we have you here because we know that you have a new venture that you started, um, but it's all about education. That's like your your whole life. Let's talk. Let's learn. Let's teach. I love it. And we're going to bring in these experts who know, and we're going to just have a talk about it. So let's talk about your your podcast and maybe where you got, you know, an inspiration to start it. So um, I would be lying if I said that I was not inspired by the Gifted Life podcast because I did not know what a podcast was until the Gifted Life podcast. Um, So you guys are doing really great work. It's, if nothing else, educating people about what podcasts are along the way about organ tissue and eye donation. So obviously got into listening to you guys and just really realized that it's just a great platform to be able to, you know, educate and... um, for some of us, maybe more than others, uh, maybe like a therapy session. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what it was for me. It, so. it is for us. Yeah. Oh, oh good, good, good. I could tell just from being in here. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> yes. And it's a great uh, learning tool, like you say. And I learn every time we, we come in this studio and, and talk to our guests. And so uh, hoping to do that today, too, um, with you. We know you have a little girl named Harley. You had her when you were here at Lopa? Yes. So I always say I've been married to Lopa longer than I've been married to Kevin. So Joe, <laughs> Joe, you and I go way back yeah. further than Kevin and I's That's marriage. Right. We got married a year after I was Sorry, um, <laughs> with Lopa. And um, about f- a few years later, Harley came along and I had been an educator with Lopa and talking to people about organ tissue and eye donation. And when she was 24 hours old, we were given this diagnosis of um, a congenital heart defect called Tetralogy of Fallot. And when I'll never forget being in the hospital room and the nurse from the the nursery calling me saying that she had been diagnosed with this. And because of the line of work that we do and what we are used to hearing about, my mind immediately went to the baby needs a heart transplant Mm -hmm. because that's what you think and that's what you hear. And it's what you know. So it's fearful. Yeah, Yeah. it's what you know. And sometimes it's like a double-edged sword of knowing too much Mm -hmm. and those types Mm -hmm. of things. So um, unfortunately for Harley, that was not the case. Um, She has had... Um, three open heart surgeries, and one of those being a valve replacement, 
And then she had another valve replacement just a couple of years ago, but it, it was, you know, with the with modern medicine being so great, um, she was able to do that in a cath lab and not have to have an open wow. heart surgery oh, for that. So cool. she has had two heart valve replacements, and that's something that's not foreign to us either. We know mm-hmm. that pretty well through tissue donation and things like that. So it just was kind of one of those things that, you know, after she was diagnosed and then once we kind of got into that whole CHD parent world, I was like, you know, I'm a big I'm a big believer in God winks. And I kind of feel like that was one of those things where I was like, okay, I get it. This is where I'm supposed to be. This Mm -hmm. is the education I was supposed to be doing. But I always felt like that there was more with that that I should have been doing. And so um, just kind of. It, it just evolved over the years. She's almost 16 now, so it, wow. it didn't happen okay, overnight. beautiful, yep. on stage, yep. living life. And I like that you use social media to show, like, having gone through all that, look where she is, and it's an inspiration for She's others. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. Can I ask um, what kind of valve she received? Was it from a deceased owner? It was not, actually. And, um, of course, when she had her first valve replacement and I, like, <laughs> interviewed the surgeon and I remember him looking back at her chart, like, who is this woman? Where did she come from? And he goes, oh, that's right. They did tell me you worked for Lofa. Um, but it was the last two surgeons' choices to not use um, a deceased donor valve um, because of the specific valve that she was having replaced and the age that she was. Um, they felt it was best to use um, valves made from cow pericardium. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I'm just supportive of whatever can help anybody. Mm-hmm. And if that's what works best for her, that's what works best for her. Does that mean that it won't happen in the future? She's probably not done. So could be in her future, maybe not. Um, but I know that some children do receive um, donor valve. And so we're just open to all kind of things that can save lives through. Yeah. The good thing is you've seen the progression you know, this is what, so 15 years ago, you know, with, with a major uh, open heart surgery on an infant, yeah, mm-hmm. on a newborn, and then, uh, and then progressing till now doing it in a cath lab, you know, that's, it's almost like a day surgery type thing. It's you know, so I don't crazy minimize, to see. But it's just, that's, yeah. the, that's the difference that we're talking about. It's in, so crazy to see what surgeries. has happened in 15 years. And, and Sue and I always talk about this on the podcast is, um, just to, I mean, 15 years is not long. It's really mm-hmm. not. But in in the medical world, a lot has happened. Right. A lot, a lot has yeah. happened. You so. wonder what's going to happen in the next 15 years, yeah. Yeah. you know? So what's the name of your podcast? So the name of our podcast is NOLA HOTS, H-A-W-T-S, <laughs> because we are two New Orleans girls with... Um, Attitude. With a little, <laughs> little bit of an little little yaddy accent. Um, I'm from Metairie, and she's from the West Bank. I'm not going to hold it against her, but she... <laughs> Um, she is from the West Bank and we, it was one of those things, another God wink, I guess you could say that, um, so many people were like, you need to meet my friend, Susan, you need to meet my friend, Susan. Her son is uh, 12 years old. So he was born a little bit after Harley, but we had a lot of mutual friends and, um, she and her husband started a foundation to help with CHD families called the Henry Oakland Foundation. And my husband and I got involved with that because we wanted to give back to local families. And, um, so we met through that and her and I just clicked and realized, that she, Joey, is very similar to me. If she was did not do the work that she does on as an eight to five, she would be an educator of some sort as well because she's a talker. <laughs> so um, she and I, I kept telling her, we need to do this. And she, so she was like, okay. And of course, both of our husbands were like, when are y'all fitting this in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you seem like you, you have fun. We do. Doing it. We do. Yeah. And you had the kids on. We did. How we was had, that? We, that was interesting. We had Henry and Harley. Henry is um, a man of few words. Harley is usually a woman of many words, but she, like me, got behind the microphone and kind of, <laughs> she tensed up. But um, 
she did well. We had both dads on to, to look at the dad's perspective. We've had physicians. We've had um, just kind of different, you know, perspectives of the CHD world and didn't realize until we got into it how much there was to dig into it, much like you guys do probably. I mean, you've been around for years and you always find a new subject to right. talk about. You know, you talked about Nola Hartz. Hartz. Yeah, and, say and, it right. And, uh, Hartz. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we do say our R's in, in Lafayette. Right, so we don't. A little bit. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, I'm sure you had an, an idea of some of the things that you were planning you know, to get into as far as education and learning, digging more. And just like here, we've, you know, we, we started going in, in, in one direction and you find so many other things. I'm curious as to what were the most, uh, you know, engaging, what were the things that, that the, the nuggets that you found by doing the podcast that was like, wow, you know, didn't expect that. So we really hope to feature, um, other organizations within the CHD world that can help other families to offer resources to other families that are new in this game. Because I say that because as I've been around for almost 16 years, there's somebody whose baby was just born this morning, and this is a whole new world of navigation for them. And so we wanted to be able to be a library of resources um, to give to these families and questions that maybe they wouldn't think. So some episodes we've had physicians on, we've had our really great feedback sessions have been... um, when we've had a pediatric cardiologist on, we recently uh, interviewed a pediatric cardiac surgeon who is also a heart dad. So he kind of mm. had mm. a little bit of a both both sides yeah. of the perspective. Um, we've talked to uh, both of our kids attend um, a summer away camp, which is for cardiac kids. And so we had that group come on and talk about that resource that's available to families. Um, we've talked about PTSD. We've talked about, um, we'd like to get into maybe talking to siblings of CHD mm-hmm. kids because that's, you know, mm-hmm. those kids are affected as well. Right. Um, some subjects we'd like to see in the future are like talking about pregnancy in CHD um, females because that wasn't a thing years ago. It was mm-hmm. it was highly discouraged and now it's more doable. Like, so, like you're talking about specifically the, the, the patient. Surgery. In utero, so is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. I'm talking about, um, for example, Harley. She's 16. In oh, the next 10 years or so, pregnant. can she get pregnant? Okay, you know, I, I thought you meant during the pregnancy. If you no. found the congenital, no, heart but that's defect. a good one too. I'll mark that down in my. Head. So I'm going to do that as well now. <laughs> good job. Because that's become more and more yes. likely that they yes. find it in pregnancy. Well, and what's another another thing is Harley was diagnosed when she was a day old, and now the same defects are being diagnosed at 20 weeks along. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. you right. know all new too um so there's a plethora of information to be had and it's always changing and evolving and you're learning more yeah it's really exciting and what's the response been i love um some of the comments um that you guys have on your in your page so so check out the page which is nola and then spell it n-o-l-a-h-a-w-t-s we're on facebook and instagram and um you can email us at nolahots at gmail.com n-o-l-a-h-a-w-t-s.com so i saw a mom who said oh we're going through this and I'm so glad you brought that to everyone's mm-hmm. attention. Um, so do you get a lot of that response? We've had some um, some families private message us and say that they've really enjoyed the podcast or they liked really hearing from their physician in more of a casual conversation atmosphere and not mm-hmm. such a, you know, sitting in the ICU and just hearing kind of right, the, right. like Charlie Brown, womp, womp, mm-hmm. womp, coming to you from the doctor. Um, 
So we've had a lot of compliments about that. We have been told that they like that we are so candid and raw and honest about things. I I think that they like that we usually start our episode with the clink of a champagne glass. (laughs) It makes everybody feel like it's okay to do that. So yeah, yeah, families have been really great. We have started a new thing called Lanyap Episodes because we found so many families wanted to share their story, whether it be therapeutic or just to get the word out. Um, So we've done a Lanyap episode, which is a recording of that mom or dad or grandparent or whoever um, basically reading their their personal story. And it's yeah. it's an opportunity for families to say that on their own. Mm. Yeah, so. Like honoring heroes. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah, kind of yeah, like that. I like that. Um, so just getting into the podcast world, um, we know that some podcasters uh, kind of tune in. They ask questions. Um, Troy, who's our IT guru, gets a lot of questions. Was that hard? Was it overwhelming or was it kind of simple? Like what, what was it like for you guys getting into it? Um, well, we still, we started in December and we still are like, every time we get an interview with somebody, we're like, have you ever heard of a podcast? Oh yeah, I know what a podcast is. I've never been on one before. Okay. Don't worry about it. We don't know what we're doing. So we assure everybody that we do not know. We're still six, eight months in and have no clue what's happening. And we just keep showing up and doing it. I can tell you that we are nowhere near as professional as this fabulous studio Uh, here. So you just got like two mics, a computer. We got a mic and a computer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. And a zoom. That's it. And you guys still like each other all these months in? We do. We we (laughs) tend to do this on Sunday evenings um, because that's the best time for both of us. And so it's a good um, it's a good time for us to be able to, like, come down from the craziness of the family on the weekend. And, you know, sometimes it's a cup of coffee. Sometimes it's a glass of wine. It depends on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so do you guys have like a schedule as to when y'all put it out or uh, so every other Tuesday, every other Tuesday, every other Tuesday, we drop a new episode. Um, and then, you know, you can randomly get a, a surprise treat with a Lanyap episode whenever we decide to get that together. <laughs> <laughs> but sometime that month as well. June was um, was one of those three Tuesday months. So we had we had a lot of fathers that were coming in to celebrate fathers in June. So mm. so is this a uh, COVID? Let's do something fun idea since you started. The idea was there before COVID. And yeah. um I don't. I have no idea what really. <laughs> really, I really don't know. And still, champagne. Not, yeah, that probably, <laughs> probably champagne involved. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. And our our tagline is no judgment here. It's all about survival. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, that's how we feel, and we feel like this is just an opportunity for moms and dads and siblings and adult CHDers to just survive through the craziness yeah, of this and world. just to connect with mm-hmm. each other. I think that's like what we do on the, any podcast is you find common ground and connection with people who have gone through something similar. So it sounds like y'all found an audience and sharing your stories has to help you too. It absolutely does. We always laugh because we're like, we realized that we should be in therapy, but instead we started a podcast. So yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> Can I ask, what does Harley, how does she communicate about her heart defect? Uh, how does she talk about it or does she not share with other people? She, um, I know that you'll be shocked to hear this from my daughter. Um <laughs> She tends to turn to comedy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's her way of dealing with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the healthiest way, yeah. but it's the way she deals uh-huh. with it. It is. That is healthy. And I, I think a lot of comedians do that. You take yeah, something right. that you've gone through and you turn it into something that's light for other people. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah. She's come a long way with that, though. I will tell mm-hmm. you. You know, I mean, when she was much younger and really the 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 trauma of hospitals mm-hmm. and doctors were there. And, and I'm not saying that's not still there, but she she is definitely better about dealing with it. Yeah. So. And as she continues to blossom into this beautiful young lady, and I don't know if you want to 
talk more about that, but there is a scar. Mm -hmm. Um, We're wearing dresses for dances and costumes for um, she's on on stage and stuff. And how does that? um, She has gotten so great with her scar. She's Mm -hmm. gotten so great with her scar. Um, She really was never terrible with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's because she's always she doesn't know. We don't we hardly know her without it. She was 10 days old for her Mm -hmm. first surgery. So it's like we don't really know much of anything else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over the years you you have kids. Well, what's that on your chest? And she's like, oh, it's my heart surgery. And then move on to the next thing. But um, I think she's kind of come to appreciate it. Definitely as she gets older, she's definitely more um, embracing it than she ever was before, though. That's great, especially being a female, mm-hmm. being that age, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would definitely be a concern as a parent, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I love that, that you're dabbling in that and it makes you a better community educator. I hope it does. Specialist. I don't know if it does. You may have Talking to ask my bosses folks. about that. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Let me get it. Can I get a thumbs up? Yeah, we got a thumbs up from across the room. We're good. So we like it. Nola Hots. Hots. Nola Do you have hots. to say it with like a toot when you say it? <laughs> yes. I mean, you don't say hearts. You say hots. Come on, just let me hear it. It's Nola Hots. And you? Nola Hots. Nola Hots, darling. There you go. So where can we find you again? You can find us on all the platforms for podcasting. Where, um, let me think. Amazon Music, um, Apple Podcasts. I need to check on that. I think we might be. We might be. (laughs) Um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. I need to look at all my stuff again. But we're mostly where everybody listens to your podcast mostly of course probably not my heart radio yeah. <laughs> and so if somebody's listening and they're like oh i have a great story to share yes we would love for you to email your personal stories to nolahots at gmail.com so lana if you had one piece of advice for families who um are affected by chd what would it be I would be cheating to listen back on some of my podcasts to listen because we ask everybody this who comes on. um, And I think it's a valid and a very important question for me personally. What my one piece of advice would be is to lean on your people, find Mm -hmm. your people and lean on them. If your Mm -hmm. people are your spouse, your husband, wife, whoever it may be, lean on your person, your people and take help. Um, Mm -hmm. Had a conversation with somebody earlier about we are typically helpers. And so we find it hard to take help, but, Mm -hmm. um, you have to do that. You have to do that and you have to see that you can be better for your child to take mm-hmm. the help that you can get it because the resources like us are out there and, and people are willing to help, whether it be other families or, or your own family. So lean on your people. Great. Your tagline, I think, applies too. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't awesome. judge. <laughs> we don't judge. She said that with such, t- even her facial expression. <laughs> we don't I love judge. It. Because everybody deals with it so differently. So mm-hmm. like... Yeah. If you're going to deal with it in a, you know, like I said, if it's comedy, we're not going to judge you on that. If we're going to, if you're going to go and hide in your closet and eat six sleeves of Oreo cookies, I'm not going to judge you on that. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) 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 Then men's men's are my weakness. All right. Awesome. If somebody's listening and maybe they have a story or maybe they just want to chit chat with Lana, (laughs) where do they contact you? They can email us at nolahots at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. this point in the gifted life it's time to take a moment for mental health a moment so what do you have for us today okay so what we're going to do today is talk about how do you self-doubt to your advantage possible is it it is (laughs) not doubtful (laughs) (laughs) so um really the first thing kind of i want to say is that doubting things isn't bad and doubting yourself can be positive if you do it to just like check in every now and then. Like, is this really realistic for my capabilities? Mm. 
Um, when it's bad is when you start avoiding um, risk mm-hmm. too much because risk can be a good thing. You know, with risk, you get a lot of advantage. So it's really when you're avoiding risk and you have this fear of making mistakes that just changes how you even interact with people, what you attempt or what you want to do at work or with friends. So this is really when it goes a little too far, Mm -hmm. self-doubt. But the first thing is to know that it can be good and that it can help you regulate your choices. So doubting something and going in with a clear head and thinking about all the choices you have, um, self-doubt is really there to try to save you and protect you from humiliation. Mm -hmm. So it's okay as long as it doesn't go too far. Um, The next is... It just needs to be challenged. We talk about this all the time. Like, just recognize what you're doing and challenge it. Think things through. So if you're doubting your abilities, stop, challenge it, and see if this is coming from an objective place or is this, you know, harmful? Are you just being really down on yourself for no reason? Mm -hmm. For example, so, you know, I, as a social worker, I know my capabilities. I know what I can do. I also know what I can't do. So when I challenge that self-doubt, I just bring it to that. I think, what do I know about myself objectively? And is this just something that I'm being like way too hard on myself? Like I can't do this when I know I can. Just kind of take the feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. out of it. Don't be so hard on yourself and try really hard to think about your true capabilities. As I'm getting older, I think just more confidence that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Like, probably have no business doing that, but here I am. Going to try this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's Unless it's okay. something physical, because then I worry about uh, getting hurt. But other than that, it's fine. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not saying go, like, hike up a mountain if you've never done it before. But really think about what you can and can't do. Yeah. And like you said, the older you get, the more you know yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. another part of this is, like, knowing yourself. Yeah. And how um, will you learn if you don't try? That's exactly yeah. right. Risk isn't bad. You can push yourself sometimes and get to the next level if you need to. Um, But when you don't know yourself or if you're struggling, like, I don't know if, like, really, I can't get there about whether the self-doubt is realistic or not. Talk to others who know you. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know ourselves fully, but others can be objective. If you go to someone who you trust, someone who's supportive, and you ask them and get feedback and let them know how you're feeling, they'll help you. Yeah. I've got really good friends that'll definitely tell me, right. you know, yeah, no, Joey, you suck at that. Don't <laughs> even try. They check you know? your but, ego but, a little bit. But, yeah. But just starting but this general, podcast, were you were you pretty confident we could do it? Or I mean, starting this podcast and doing anything with we a mic in my face, yeah. it was there's beyond doubt. It's, yeah. uh, there's no way, yeah. you know. Uh, and then I finally got to a point where. You know, it's like, well, it's, I mean, it, it becomes a little it more was second nature. Those first couple, but, you know, yeah, absolutely. This is that. This is definitely an arena for me that has carries the most doubt. Like, sure, and I'm not just a podcast, but anything where I'm speaking in public, you know, or, or addressing any type of issues. Especially looking, I'm, uh, you know, seriously, all seriousness, you know, I have a very thick accent. I mean, I know y'all can't Wait, tell. Wait, what you do? No, we can't it's tell. <laughs> it's, it's very thick. And so, so I do have it. It, it kind of resonates. There's a lot, a lot of doubt that resonates when I'm having any type of pu- public speaking where I know it's not going to be a bunch of Cajuns listen mm. listen to me, a bunch of South Louisianians, you know. But you know, but I that think, makes you unique too. Yeah, but I think that's that comes with it. And I'm not saying you're insecure, but is it doubting your abilities to communicate effectively? Or are you insecure about the way your voice sounds? You know, I think break it down. 
look at it objectively. Like just because you have an accent doesn't mean you can't have. I can't listen to myself. I can't listen to myself. So I don't know if it's probably a little bit of both (laughs) my voice, Mm. my accent. And then I I, I don't have a problem, though. I don't have a concern. I don't have a doubt about not knowing whatever Mm. information that I'm speaking about because I don't speak. Unless I know the information. Like, I'm one that oh, I don't on. like to... Come on. Yeah. Your guy. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> Campfire stories. Come on. <laughs> it's true. You know, so I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll say I have no idea if, if I don't, you know, if there's something that... So so I know the inf- whatever information I'm talking about, you know, usually I at right. least have a good idea. So th- it's, it's more the self-doubt on how I articulate and how words come out and how it's heard. Like, to yeah. me, that's... And we're your people. You always do a great job. Like from our but perspective, I think it's, a perfect, it's like wow, yeah. like awesome. Okay, proud that proud <laughs> that you're part of the leadership of the team. Okay, but well, I think this is a perfect uh, example of this exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's you had a little bit of self doubt. You thought about it. You regulated your choices. You thought whether you could do this or not do it. You tried to think objectively about what your actual abilities are. You broke it down, and then you came to us mm-hmm. right now, and you're telling us. There and I think this is a perfect example of when you are feeling doubtful about yourself, just try to be objective or go to somebody who can be objective and supportive and it'll do wonders. It's funny. So in the moment, I have to actually cognitively tell myself that I've got to like give myself a pep talk mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, yeah every, absolutely. You know, I because yeah, yeah. it's like, you, Joey, what do you like? What's the reason why, you know, uh, you know, you guys speak uh, in on, you know, obviously you, you came up on, uh, you know, Channel 10. I watched you on KLFY mm-hmm. back in, in, you know, Lafayette. And for you being in a, in a camera, you know, on live TV is nothing to me. You know, as mm-hmm. long as it was uh, re- recorded, it was fine. Anytime I had to go in, in, on live TV, you know, it I, I froze. And, and with COVID, I had to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so self-doubt crept in every single time. Yeah. And each and every time I had to say, look, this is the same. It's the same thing, same information. I knew my information. I knew exactly what I wanted to get across. So, you know, I gave myself this little quick pep talk and then, of course, the lights come now on. You're an and expert. I'm, yeah, just dive, <laughs> just dive a little deeper. Why am I doubting myself? What is this really about? Yeah, is and then go for it. I mm-hmm. think. But you know, a fun fact: I was on TV in Cajun Country mm-hmm. and got letters saying that I need to improve my speech and my accent. <gasps> wow. So yeah, Cajun you never Country. had an accent. I never heard you with an accent. I mean, as far as for, for being in Lafayette, Louisiana, mm-hmm. with in Cajun Country. Like you had a, a lot less of a thick accent, obviously, than than most of us. I was even though you're from, but you Dusan. know, when you're younger, all those negative things, like you take <laughs> you it in, thinking. and you're like, okay, yeah. how can mm-hmm. I transform? But that was just part of, yeah, growing up a little mm-hmm. bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right, awesome. Maybe you have a topic you'd like Sarah to cover. Email us info at thegiftedlife.org. In our question and answer segment, how does a person on the waiting list get chosen for an organ, Joey? That's a complicated uh, question and answer, but I'll, I'll, the the simplest uh, way to answer it is, you know, when you are on the waiting list, mm-hmm. you have a score of some sort. You know, uh, it tells you how to, it lets, you know, it's an objective look at how uh, sick you are, mm-hmm. because obviously the sickest person uh, gets the first choice. 
And uh, and as far as kidneys, because you have dialysis, it's a little different. It's the person who's been on dialysis the longest. The longest. Mm. So for all other organs, though, the sickest by this scoring system. And so what happens is when someone passes that has a, a certain matches of yours, like uh, blood type, uh, certain antigens, size, uh, size. So that all gets in- input into DonorNet, into the national database, and the the sickest patient comes first, comes up first. That's in a close proximity, and then the next sickest, and then mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So. And the, uh, the LOPA, the organ procurement organization, uh, has to abide by that list. So we, we can't just jump down if we see, you know, Aunt Margie at uh, sequence number 200. We have to go to one and two and three right. and four. So, so we then uh, notify the transplant center that you, in this case, are uh, the first person that comes up. And at that point, that's where they'll make the decision based on the information that they've gotten that to make sure that you would be a good match with this donor and uh, and make the decision whether that organ's good for you. All right. That's it. In a nutshell, obviously, a lot goes yeah. into the process. Good question. Maybe you have a question for us. You can give us a call. 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today, we honor Cameron Marcella Harness. And we learn about Cameron from her family. Cameron was a junior at Louisiana Tech, majoring in elementary education when she left us in October of 2019. She was incredibly smart, funny, loving, and beautiful. We miss her every day and always will, but feel comfort knowing her gift of donation has made a difference in the world. And now we pause and say thank you to Cameron for the gift of life. And that is episode 166 of The Gifted Life. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, you can always register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime. Registerme.org. Huge thank you to our own Lana Stevens, you know, of course, she mentioned that she was inspired by this podcast to, to create her own, taking what she learned, you know, through the experiences with her beautiful and talented uh, daughter, Harley, and helping others with congenital heart defects. Plus, she's just fun to talk to, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fun hang out with. All right. The best place to find us, guys, is at our website, thegiftedlife.org. You can listen to any of our episodes on our website or wherever you like to listen, whether it's iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, or Apple. If you do listen on Apple, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review so that others can find our podcast. On social, like our page on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at gifted life pod and our ask is that you go out and do something you would normally do to help us make life happen until next time this is a production of lopa or the louisiana organ procurement agency the gifted life is hosted by Lori Steele, joey boudreau and sarah blakemore our executive producer is kirsten hines producer is shalon caraway intern is Rebecca Ranham, and we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. Mm-hmm.